Welcome to Latinos Who Tech. My name is Hugo Castellanos. I'm an engineer and I work in Silicon Valley. Roxana, welcome to Latinos Who Tech. Thank you for having me, Hugo. And I really appreciate you making the time, especially on a Sunday, to do this. Of um, course. Thank you. My pleasure. So, Roxana, tell me about yourself. As you know, I am a California girl. I was born in L.A., in a small town called Inglewood. Then I went to Berkeley to study industrial engineering and operations research. So while I was there, something that I've always tried is to have a person that's a bit ahead of me to see what my next steps are going to be. And this friend of mine who helped me throughout the way told me about a program called the Harvard's Summer Venture in Management Program, where you go to Harvard Business School for a few days and take actual business classes with business school professors with people from all over the country. And that was my first exposure to business school. Got it. It was very intense. You know, I'm an introvert, so I was going outside of my comfort zone. A lot of the classes were case studies that we reviewed the night before with our teams. And then the following day, the professors ask you to open the case and can cold call you and ask you questions mm -hmm. that you may or may not know the answer to. So it was a very interesting experience and I kept it in mind throughout my college experience. When I graduated from Berkeley, I joined the Pacific Gas and Electric Company uh, through a rotational program in energy procurement. And that was where my career started leaning more towards business. So it was a business analyst position. I was still looking at supply chain and operations, but I decided to do another pre-MBA program, which was offered by Yale. And this was a global pre-MBA program. The interesting part was they actually had people from Brazil come to the classes as well. So another very interesting opportunity. And there I saw that there's also programs that have a mix of that heavy case study style, but also more book-oriented, uh, right. regular college class types. Really enjoyed the experience, started looking a bit more, and then decided to apply to business school. I found, again, through the same friend that I have always felt was a mentor to me. This is a really good friend, then. Yes. Because yeah, they're making <laughs> the mistakes. Yeah, because yeah, they're making the mistakes. They're learning. You can ask them. like, she doesn't hey, make mistakes. Right. But was this worth it? Wasn't this worth it? And, and talking about the pre-MBA programs before, yes. we, before we go to the, the business school application process. Yes. What, what was it like to be at... Jail. I mean, what are the people that are going to this program? Because you're an industrial engineer, so yes. so are mostly engineers, are business people, thirty uh, somethings, forty somethings. Who 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 is attending these programs? So the Yale program was open to both college students as well as young professionals. So. There were people that were still in school, and the majors varied. Mm -hmm. There were finance majors, there were economics majors, engineering, anything, they were there. Uh, young professionals, same thing. You could find from me in the energy industry to people in oil, tech, really anything you could think of uh, was represented in the program. Got it. And then after you did the, these two programs, how do you go about preparing yourself? applying for 
business school. So I did another program on top of that. Actually, so three programs. Okay, you, you really, uh, you're very thorough. I can tell Before, you're an industrial engineer. I can tell you're an industrial I engineer. I actually wasn't 100% sure I wanted to do business school. I was going back and forth between deciding if I wanted to do a master's in industrial engineering or an MBA because I felt they could both get me to where I wanted to go. With a business school degree, with an MBA, you could still focus on operations and strategy. Of course. Same thing that I was looking to do with an industrial engineering degree. So my same friend uh, who has helped me along the way introduced me to a program called MLT, Management Leadership for Tomorrow. And they, if anyone has any friends, siblings, brothers, sisters that is In college, they have programs that start from college for career prep to MBA for pre-MBA program to help you set your milestones to apply and get ready for an MBA program. So that's where I actually started to make progress in going and getting my master's degree. I never really felt very prepared for the GRE. And actually, I would say that was biggest obstacle for me to apply to any program, the standardized tests that right. have to be taken. And when I was doing it, you could not see your score and cancel the GMAT. You had to decide after you took the test whether or not you wanted your score to be recorded. And it was challenging because each time I felt the same way. I didn't know whether I did well or not, but now you could actually see your score and you have, I think, two minutes to decide whether or not to have that recorded. So problem of the past, as long as you have the money to pay for the test. Right. That's the, <laughs> that's the big if. Yes. But for MLT, they actually have a time period within which you have to take the GMAT and score at a certain place. Right. First time I took it, I didn't even study for the GMAT, but I managed to get above the minimum score. Yeah, but I think that's a good strategy. I mean, because you can do a baseline of where you're at with the skills you got. I mean, I mean when I took the GRE uh -huh. for grad school, mm -hmm. I did uh, the same thing. I took it without studying. Mm -hmm. And then I did a six-week program and I got uh, 70 points more. Oh, wow. I know the scale has changed and everything, yeah. but um, I did it as a baseline, if you will. Right. I would suggest if you know you want to do an MBA to look at, there's an official GMAT book that I forgot the name, but that was the one book I actually opened. I also did an online course through the GMAT prep, one of the famous GMAT prep offers. You can mention them too, by the way. If you like it. it was Manhattan G okay. GMAT uh, prep. Got it. I'll ask them to sponsor the show. <laughs> the reason I didn't want to mention it is because for me, I did the online class offering mm -hmm. and it was like over a thousand dollars and it actually didn't help me much. Oh, I'm sorry My to hear that. My score went up by one point. Okay. I was devastated. Didn't know what to do. I wanted to give myself another chance. So next, I actually decided to get a personal tutor and they have a high rate The person I went with specifically was about uh, $150 per hour. But I actually ended up paying less because I only did four hours. But we focused specifically in the areas where I needed to improve. So he went on my profile and looked at the practice tests I had taken and was actually able to 
pinpoint areas that he thought would be useful for us to work on. And that's where my score actually went up 100. So definitely depends on the learning style of people. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it was just taking a class online and having that flexibility of not really needing to pay attention was not going to work for me. And I should have probably known that from the beginning, but I was just doing what I knew everyone else did. If I were to do it again, I would just straight out start with the GMAT tutor. So do a few of the practice tests and then get with that tutor and tell them where I think I should improve, but they also have the visibility to your tests so that they could suggest something. And I like the personalized aspect because if you are buying into an online program that has to cater to everybody is different than paying somebody up front that's going to take the time to understand you and your needs right and then customize a learning plan so i think that's a great insight and i think that will be helpful to the person listening to this because if they have a adhd like me (laughs) and buying an online course i feel embarrassed sometimes of the amount of online courses that i buy from udemy and coursera that i just look at for an hour and then i just never look at again because it's so easy to just ignore it and Courses are a little more expensive. Of course, of course. No, and I think that if if you have the maturity to that, okay, I'm going to pursue an MBA and you have this skin in the game, I think that's a different story. But it's the learning style. So getting a tutor and and that's also one of the ways of, you know, I'm considering doing an MBA and I think, do I want to do the one-year thing or I want to do the two-year thing or I want to do it Mm part-time? And to me, it's all about the networking and the people that you're going to meet. So I would rather take those two years off, Yes. focus on it, Yes. and then come back to you know, the workforce, if you will. Tell me a little bit more about MLT, because you got the score to yes. stay in the program. So what comes next? Throughout the time that you're in the MBA prep program, you are grouped with people around your area to work on your mission statement, narrow down the schools you want to apply to, just that emotional support when you're prepping for the GMAT. And I would say that is one of the big takeaways I also have from the program, the friendships I made with my cohort. I still meet with them all the time. And we all go to different places, which is the nice thing. Sometimes in in the MBA programs, you keep connected with people, but they're from your same school. Whereas now I have the network of people who went to schools from all over the country. Throughout the program, they're helping you with your resume, with your story. You have a coach who you work with and talk about why you have certain schools on your list and not others. They open your eyes to other schools that are available that may be a good fit for you. And we have conferences too, where we actually get to meet with MBA admissions officers, mock interviews for when you actually are invited. And then once everyone hears from schools and has decided to go somewhere, there's also a conference with companies and you hear about pre-MBA programs that these companies offers that you may not have known otherwise, because I feel a lot of the times people just don't know about the opportunities that are available. So even before you start your MBA, you could go to consulting companies and learn what it is to be a consultant so that when you start school, you can narrow down what you want to focus on because there's so much available Right, day one. I've heard this concept of the street MBA 
or the MBA on the job. And it's about people switching to maybe a different role in the same company or even switching companies, going to Accenture, for example, becoming a consultant or becoming going looking for a role inside the company you're at that has more of that consulting function, if you will, to learn more about, hey, is this for me? Is it not for me? Because uh, I feel that there's a huge population of people, young professionals like us, that are thinking, MBA, is it for me? Is it not for me? So at this point that you're going through MLT, you're working, right? Full-time. Working full-time, yes. Got it. So how are you balancing doing, doing those two things of your 40, 50 hours a week and doing MLT? How are you balancing that? It was difficult. Actually, as part of the program, they also encourage you to do informational interviews with people that are currently in business school, just again, to get to know the schools, the environment, what students are focusing on. Depending on the school, there might be a theme for their program. It actually made me very efficient at work. I set myself deadline by when I needed to head home. So by that time, I would get home and either work on the informationals or study for the GMAT or take a GMAT prep test. I tried to make sure I had a fun day on the weekend because, but again, it helped a lot to have that network of people who were also applying to business school mm -hmm. and kept encouraging you to go on. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm, I'm happy you, you got that experience. So why UCLA, of all places? So I narrowed down where I wanted to go pretty late in the game. I applied to a lot of places, but there's also this fellowship called the Consortium for Graduate Studies. What's the consortium? Tell me more about it. Because so, I've heard the name a lot yes. of times, but I don't really understand what it is or how it can help me. It's includes the fellowship, but it's also a program um, that can help you with your career if you decide to pursue an MBA. You apply to business school actually through the consortium, which is nice because there's one fee for multiple schools, mm. one application, and each school decides if they want you to do any additional requirements. Another nice thing about the program is that uh, the people who submit recommendations for you only have to submit it once and it goes to all of the schools that participate in the program. So it makes it easier on the recommenders as well. And one thing they look for is people who support their mission and their mission is to help underrepresented students and professionals. So you, they want you to demonstrate how you support their mission. And when I applied, that meant providing an essay on how I have helped these communities throughout school and my career. And in addition, there was a recommendation from someone who could support me in saying, yes, I have seen her and the work she's done. There's, I would say, two highlights of the program. One is the career help that they provide. So before you start your MBA, there's a conference with a career fair. So you're interviewing for summer internships before you even start the MBA program. That's amazing. It's great. <laughs> yeah, because it's very key having a great internship experience yes. in the middle. 
And they have a lot of schools that participate from around the country. So it's another opportunity to meet people from other schools with similar interests. They have different tracks. So you could go to the marketing track, finance, tech, and again, explore what you want to do. Because once you start, it's hard not to fall into, I want to try everything. Right. And another aspect of the program is that you could get up to full ride for your MBA program. And it'll include tuition and health insurance. The one thing is when you apply through the consortium, you have to rank the schools that you're applying to. So I don't know exactly how the matching works, but depending on how you rank them, one school will offer you the fellowship. Okay. So right before submitting my application, I switched my ranking and I put UCLA first. Everyone has a different motivation for going to business school. For me, it was career progression, transitioning to tech, and going to UCLA also gave me the opportunity to spend more time with my family because, as I mentioned, I'm from LA. And you were I going knew, home. You were going I home. I was going home. Exactly. I actually lived at home, which some people would not do because they would rather enjoy more of the social life. For me, I knew after business school, I would likely not go back to LA because there's so many tech jobs in the Bay Area. Right. So it was important for me to spend that quality time with my family. So UCLA also offered uh, the opportunity to do an exchange program, which I never did as an undergrad. And I regretted <laughs> not doing as an undergrad. Yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> I did it in grad school and it was amazing. And Yes. Yeah. Yes. I did the same thing. Where did you go? London. Awesome. To London Business School. Unfortunately, I think the year after my year, they stopped the program. They might have opened it again, but I would definitely check if you're thinking about going to business school and that's one of your criterias of things you want to get out of it. But UCLA really offered a lot of things to me and that financial support was actually very important because mm -hmm. once you're working, it's It's difficult to make the decision to take a break. Especially if you're used to a certain standard of life. For example, like we're in the Bay Area now and I'm so used to not having roommates. I live 10 minutes away from work. So it would be tough for me to right. give up those things and right. actually you know, switch into a, you know, back into a student mode. Mm -hmm. But it's something you have to be okay with. Right. So how did the consortium help you if... You feel comfortable saying, like, how much did they help you? So did they cover the full tuition? Full tuition and health insurance. So I had to take care of books and housing, but I was living at home. Right. So, so books only. And right. That's, that's amazing. You know, the Latino families, they take care of you. So. Got it. Yeah, no, like you mentioned that, yeah, some people might not be comfortable going to grad school and living at home. Yes. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, well, some people are not Mexican or Latino. <laughs> like they, they don't understand that. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's different, I guess. Right. That, uh, I'm so used to having a huge family and yes. I have uh, 28 cousins that right. I, I stay in touch with. And, right. Yeah, I mean, we're used to that. Yes. So you are at UCLA, you're getting your MBA. Tell me a bit about the program. Is it class-oriented? Is it case-oriented? What's the UCLA MBA experience like? They have a good mix of everything. I would say their strength is helping you find your next step. There's a class specifically focused on finding a job and a class specifically focused on networking. So you really are 
help throughout the way of making that transition. If you're making a transition, living in LA helped because you're so close to the Silicon Valley. A lot of companies come to UCLA for the career first because they're so nearby. And we have a lot of alumni. I would say usually people who go to UCLA would like to stay in California. Of it, course, we it's have a nice place. It's a, it's a nice place. <laughs> but um, I wanted to stay in California. So I wanted my network to mainly be in California. Again, there's a good mix of all types of styles for the classes. I would say it could be what you want it to be. So when I was choosing classes, I chose professors more than subjects. And I actually didn't focus on finance, but I wanted a career in finance mm. post MBA. Mm-hmm. So somehow I convinced Intel that I knew finance. <laughs> And the reason I wanted to switch to finance and tech was one, I think tech is the future and finance. When I was talking to my mentors while applying to business school and the career opportunities, they all agreed that having a solid foundation on in finance will help no matter what I decide to do after. It's important to know how a company makes money. And actually, when I first started working in finance, I had a bit of the imposter syndrome. I was worried that, you know, I had faked my way through it and actually didn't know what I was doing. But now that I've been in finance for three years and Intel has a rotational program, so each six months I've actually done something different within finance. Mm -hmm. It's actually not as intimidating as I set it out to be. One thing I would tell myself is to not doubt myself as much. And even if you feel you're not prepared, just do it and then you'll learn it. Right. Like they'll fake it till you make it. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in some contexts, it's okay. All right. It's stay you know, legal. Stay, stay legal. legal. <laughs> yeah. No, we were talking about the Theranos before the start recording that, you know, fake it till you make it is yeah. good for public speaking and those kind of things. But, you know, don't go, don't go around faking like company 10Ks. Right. Yes. Not good. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So how good at Excel are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that great. I think I, I mean, you know, a f few more shortcuts than other people. But one thing we are trying to do is actually move away from Excel mm -hmm. at Intel. Oh, like SQL. And, and yes. And I want to be part of that change. When I was at the utility, I noticed we were very Excel heavy. And in my mind, I thought, you know, yeah. these tech companies must have it all figured out. It's just that we're a utility and we're a little behind. But then I joined Intel and being such an established company, there's a lot of things that have to change, but it's hard to change right. at once. So currently we're working in an effort to go towards the latest technologies so that people aren't working off of spreadsheets all the time. I mean, well, there's so many tools. I mean, a you, lot. you have a Tableau <laughs> and all yes. these things that, I mean, we're in Silicon Valley. I mean, there's dozens of solutions and SaaS companies that mm -hmm. offer, oh, yes, we are the ultimate solution for enterprise. Yes. And I think of it as the um, power outlets. I think there's 12 different 
standard uh -huh. of power outlets. You know, like if you go to Spain, yes. it's different than if you go to South Africa, than if you go to Australia, than mm -hmm. if you go to Argentina. Mm -hmm. So even in South America, it's different. So the ones in Venezuela are different from the ones oh, in Argentina. Really? And I feel that, yes, we're going to come with the one standard. Nope. <laughs> now there's 13 standards. Yes. 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 <laughs> we're the one standard. No, 14 standards right. now. Because I mean, there's not everybody's going to adopt it. Oh, right. So, MBA, you're taking the classes, mm -hmm. you join Intel. Yes. And we're actually colleagues, which is yes. awesome. <laughs> Can you tell me a bit about your MBA internship? Because yeah. I know you were at Google, but I'm curious yes. if you can share with us a little bit of how was it like to mm -hmm. work there? And I actually got the internship through the consortium conference. So mm. before I even started business school, I already that's, had the That's offer. amazing. That's such a so you can relax you a can little relax bit. Relax while everyone else is interviewing <laughs> and you're out there. So that's awesome. Google does a great job in pairing you with something you have experience in. So my summer internship was in operations finance, but it was more operations than finance. Pre-MBA, I was working in negotiating energy contracts. And my summer internship project was in proposing a strategy for the negotiation of their third-party contracts, where at Google, anything that can be standardized, they'll st optimize, standardize, and then have a third-party do because they want employees to be working on fun work and fulfilling work. It's a very open-ended project. Uh, there's a lot of openness in working with people from all over the world using the Google tools. I did use a lot of the Google suite, which is uh, the docs, the sheets. Mm. Um, it was fun. We had a lot of good intern events, a cooking class, free food everywhere. And they did a good job of organizing the internship experience. Going back to the, the MBA and actually being in school and maybe even think about the, the whole process of getting the MBA. What would you say are two things that everyone should know if they're considering an MBA program. The GMAT is good for five years. At least last time I checked, it's good for five years. So if you're even considering it and you have the time, get it out of the way now. Uh, there are ways of funding a business degree. That would be my number two. So don't let that be a reason that you don't apply. Of course. And I would add that have a plan yes, and actually have <laughs> a roadmap. milestones. Uh, Set milestones for yourself is, um, if you're like me. Right. <laughs> Everybody's different. Everybody's different. But I see a lot of people that finish undergrad and they start an MBA because they don't know what to do or they... Yeah. Everybody's different. Everybody has it's their reasons. It's also a nice way to reset your career yeah that, that's that's how i see it that's how mm -hmm. i see it and i think there's some programs that even have uh experience requirements that uh, they, that most won't... programs expect you to have at least four years of experience yeah mm -hmm. i mean that that makes sense for me there's this program at stanford it's called um through the ideo school so it's the design uh, masters and they ask you to have 
one year experience in anything. Oh, wow. But the way they phrase it is that we don't care if you took a sabbatical, if you went backpacking through 30 <laughs> different countries, but have an experience, have an experience of, mm -hmm. of uh, like, they don't want you fresh out of school. Right. Because I think that you need some time to build that thicker skin and that experience and actually just knowing what you want to do. Right. You know, like that you, you wanted to pivot from, you know, PG&E to mm -hmm. high tech. Right. So when you made it, you're here. <laughs> and a lot of the classes where they're case study focused, you are learning a lot from your classmates and their experiences. Of course. So they want to make sure they have that diverse viewpoint from every student. How do you feel about being a um, Mexican-American female engineer getting an MBA? Do, do you believe that your experience was different than the average folks going for an MBA? Do you feel that you had a different experience? It is different, but I think a lot of people could say that because there were even teachers in the program that were looking to transition to consulting or finance mm -hmm. or marketing. So everyone has a goal of doing something different. Usually, if people want to do the same thing that they're currently doing, they won't pursue an MBA. Or they'll do it part-time just to get that promotion at work. So for me, it was different because I didn't know any of the financial models or how to put a P&L together. But the good thing is that my teammate did. And when you first start at UCLA, they actually assign you to learning groups and they make sure you have a very diverse group. So someone that's international, someone who has finance experience, someone who has energy experience, an engineer. Um, so I would say everyone feels that they have a unique experience. One thing that we haven't covered is the job searching process mm -hmm. I mean, because you're doing your MBA because you want to switch industries. And mm -hmm. so how do you go about organizing yourself and balancing that MBA classes while also interviewing for, for companies? Yeah. So when I was looking for my full-time position, I was studying abroad in London and I actually had the benefit of having access to both the UCLA Career Center and the London Business School Career Center. So a lot of companies actually post their openings through the school career site. And that was very helpful. Actually, side note, when I joined Intel, one of the controllers who I met with mentioned, you know, the MBA is helpful when you're fresh out of the MBA later on they're going to care about results. So this is the opportunity to actually reach out to a lot of companies that are interested in a fresh MBA. They know you probably don't have a lot of experience in the new field you're looking to get into, but they believe in you and want to take a chance on you. So all of the jobs I applied to were through the school career sites and then interviews most were either video conferences or over the phone. I was in London interviewing for California companies and it actually worked out because I had the evenings to do my interviews and the days to do classwork. Oh, that's, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. And, and I like the fact that you knew that I want to be in tech. 
I want to be in California. Uh, so it, it gives you that uh, focus right. of somebody that probably somebody that wants to work in a different industry doesn't have. For example, if you want to pivot from, let's say, tech into finance. Okay, so when are you moving to New York? Oh, you know that you're focused in New York or London yes. or Singapore <laughs> or that depends what you want right. to pivot into. Yes. So there's these hubs of technology. Mm -hmm. Side note, I just found out that I was reading this article that Nashville mm -hmm. is huge for medical technology. Oh, really? So, but, no, but medical IT. So, yeah. And there's a lot of companies out of Nashville that they specialize in that. So how to create the infrastructure for hospitals and even places like the ministries of health mm. for different countries. So, yeah. yeah. So I just thought it was interesting. Side note. And one thing uh, I would like to point out is since I had access to both of the career centers, I did notice there were a lot more international opportunities through the London Business School mm -hmm. Center. But... If I wanted to go back to California, UCLA had the most postings. That doesn't mean that tech companies wouldn't consider me if I was right. full-time London business school. It just meant maybe I would have to put in a little more effort to mm -hmm. make those connections with people and right. make sure they found my resume when they were sorting through all of the applicants. I think we covered everything. Great. We covered everything. So, Roxana, anything else you'd like to share with this audience of young professionals and people curious about Latinos in tech? I would say if you're interested in doing an MBA, do it. It was a great experience. I gained so much from it career-wise and personally that I recommend it to anyone. You're going to talk to a lot of people. Everyone's going to have an opinion chew the recommendations and then spit it out and decide what's best for you. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Roxana. Thank you.